and ask you a question real quick. When is the last time that when you encountered God on something, on anything, in your prayer life, whatever it was, that you had the expression that that last young lady had on her face? The last time that you came into God's presence and you literally said, I am absolutely not even close to worthy of what you give me. <clears throat> Have you been there? Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe it's been a while. I challenge you today. We're starting a new series. <coughs> Jack's, Jack's giving you a little bit of insight on what that's going to be about. Uh, some of you have already pushed the mute button because he said giving. And it hits you right here. Right here. And we think, oh good, Matt's going to spend the rest of the year talking about how much you can get out of this and put it into the back box. If that's your, if, if that's your first thought, I'm going to challenge you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to say for the next few weeks. Probably, I would say, is money involved with giving to God? Absolutely, it is. However, there's a lot more that, that, that goes into giving to God that's not anything to do with monetary value at all. I hope you're doing well this morning. Those of you that have been praying anti-snow, shame on you. I turned the heat on to turn the air on in church this morning. So it's, it's a wonderful time of year to where, uh, and I can sweat in air conditioning. So some of you are like, oh yeah, that feels great in here. Which means it's about, you know, seven degrees below boiling. But anyway, uh, maybe you had a good week. Maybe you had an absolutely horrific week. I tell you what, I'm, if, you, if you're the latter part of that, if you haven't had a great week, I'm glad that you're here. Because Jesus says, don't neglect the meeting together, right? He said, I, if, even if you're, especially when you're feeling down, you need to get alongside those people. And you need to have them put into you, give into you. We're celebrating the holiday season. Man, already, right? First, first. The second, the first Christmas was October first, technically in our house. Um, you don't know what that is. That's bow season. <laughs> second Christmas comes actually before Thanksgiving. That's gun season. Okay, but no, we have we have Thanksgiving this week, right? Or this month, right? Three weeks, three and a half weeks. Really? That was quick, wasn't it? Seemed like we were just celebrating, you know, middle of the fourth, fourth of July, June, July, August. <laughs> Go back to school. Boom, Thanksgiving. If there's any teachers out here, you're going. Yes, Thanksgiving is coming. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. But Christmas is next month. I know some of you think that I just, you know, gave like this. I'm looking at some of you, and some of you are like, I have already watched Elf seven times. Your Christmas secret hands. I sat in my living room, and I had to pretend to turn the ceiling fan on to pretend that it was cool, because it really wasn't outside last night. But I sat in the living room with my daughters and my wife. You know what I watched? We skipped the holiday. I'm sorry. We watched Polar Express. They were hammering hot chocolate. I don't know how much they slept last night, but you know. But this is a time of year where we collectively, stereotypically think, this is a season that we give. In November we give thanks. In Christmas, in, in December we give presents. No, no, some of us still on, and I still like to get them, don't you? I don't care how old you get. You, you can give them, but it's like, oh yeah. It doesn't have to be much, but it's still a surprise, right? We're starting a sermon series called The Cheerful Giver. 
There's many stories, hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of times, money is mentioned in the Bible, by the way. Hundreds of times. Um, many, many, many times. Old Testament, New Testament, it doesn't matter. Um, but one thing that is always accompanying with somebody that does it right is they have the correct heart and they're cheerful. Now, let me go back to my first question. When is the last time that you approached God or you were able to do something for God, whether it be physical act of helping someone or you, you gave somebody 20 bucks, uh, uh, you, whatever, whatever you did, you bought somebody's coffee, you paid for somebody in the back of you in line. But when is the last time that you got to do something for God and you had the same reaction as this little girl and you went, wow. God, you are so wow. Is there an age that we lose this? You can watch You can watch my kids or your kids or some of the kids at church or whoever kids you're around, and when you start talking about Christmas, that sparkle is still in your eyes, isn't it? Surprise. S, just the season. Just celebrating Jesus. But what the, the huge thing is, when is the last time that you said, God, just... You are so, so powerful. You're so good. And when is the last time that you experienced that with God and you said, I want way more of that. And you experienced the last song that we sang is I Surrender. Hmm. Giving, surrender. Matt, what are you getting at? My wallet already hurts. Stop talking. Okay. So you think, we're going to be done by, well, regular time. So I will be early today. We, have, we celebrate Thanksgiving. We celebrate what God has given us, what we should be thankful for. Listen, you don't, this is just a little off-the-cuff thing. You don't have anything except on the good humor of God in your life. Period. Well, I work for that truck. Okay. And they hired me. Okay. God didn't have anything to do with that, right? And see, so you're lying to yourself. Yeah, you don't have anything in your life that's not on the good humor and the blessings of God. Period. You don't. Even if you worked really, 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 really hard for something, and you paid for it with your money, you still have the health that God gave you to be able to work for that money, to be able to buy that. See, it all goes back. It all goes. It all goes back. So, what are we thankful for? How are we cheerful for? Throughout this series, I've been studying this for for a while, and uh, believe it or not, this is this is the conversation how it went with. With, with me and God. Maybe you don't have any conversations like this with God ever, I imagine. But I said, God, I'm really feeling that you're wanting me to, to preach on this sermon series. I literally said, I really hope you're wrong. I don't really want to preach on this. Because I remember sitting in church whenever I was growing up and it would be, we need to turn the lights on. you got to give until it hurts. you got to say, no, that's not what I'm talking about. God says, I want you to sacrificially give. Time, effort, money, it's all there. Why do we give? Man, we're going to look at the reasons that why we should give. What does it look like to give to others? How do we give what God requires us to? Is there a possibility that you can give more than God requires? What's generosity? See, we're going to get into all, all of these things. And please, I'm being real serious. If you're online and you're listening right now, and you think, well, I'm not going to listen to the next few weeks of Connection Service because it's all about money. I, it's so not. When we give to God, we do give financially. There is so much more. 
And out of that, we're going to study why we give and what God gave us. Why we should. In 2 Corinthians, which is where we're going to be this morning, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But if you have your worship handout, we're going to get in here in just a second uh, to our note page. Did you know that offerings aren't a new concept? In fact, probably, if, if Jesus was sitting in the upper room and he was, and he was talking to the, uh, to, the, to the disciples and they were taking the Lord's Supper and, and Jesus was getting ready to be uh, falsely accused and arrested and, and put to death, remember when Jesus called out his accuser? And just before that, Judas, and just before that, Jesus says, one of you among me is going to betray me. Do you know that if you passed a secret ballot around those disciples, Judas would have probably been the last one voted for him? And let me tell you why. He was the treasurer. Who, who else do you trust more than the person that keeps your money, right? But in Paul, post that story, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 uh, and 8, we're going to cover it a little bit later. But chapter 9, he talks about the church in Corinth. Listen, if you know about the church in Corinth, there are a whole bunch of messed up individuals. Pagan. Just a whole bunch of mess. But they gave an offering. Now listen to what they did. They gave an offering. They helped out a church. Okay? That ends up being, they're so spurred on by the, by the gift that the church in Corinth gave, they're so spurred on that they become one of the most giving churches in the history of the Bible. All because someone gave, others gave. See, chances are, if you give, if you give, sometimes it's fun to give. Now, don't take that out of context. Don't, don't listen. Listen, I'm telling you, it's not biblical. You send me, you send me $100, I'm going to send you $10,000. It's not biblical, people. Okay, I don't care. It's not. Sometimes you may give financially. God doesn't necessarily repay you that way. He does say that your, your, your giving will abound. Okay, it will. But it's not necessarily in what you gave. Okay? I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm not saying that, that I'm not going to put God in a box. Watch this. This is what it should come from. Look at the first blank in your worship handout. Look on the screen with me and fill this in. Our giving should come from the love that God gives us. Did you hear those kids? For God so loved the world. If you don't work in kids rock or preschool, man, you're missing out really seriously. If you have a heart for kids, go back there and serve. Those kids are awesome. For God so loved. You guys have been to Christmas programs for your grandkids and kids, haven't you? And they all shout at the same time, right? Jingle bells! There's always that one kid, right? You guys have been to the same ones that I have, right? So there's all, they're, they're so, they're so excited. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, stop, just stop. Why do we give? For God so loved, because he loved, he gave. What did he give? A gift that is absolutely not possible to figure the value in your head or any computer on this planet. He gave the gift of his son. Now what we do is we say, oh, thank you, God. I'll just keep this. Listen, this is not, this is not a gift to hold in. Now, I get a lot of jokes because of my last name in this time of year. Nor will I promote National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. All of it. Okay? It has some funny parts, but I won't promote all of it. But there's a line in the movie that Cousin Eddie says. 
Clark. It's the gift that gives the whole year through. Really? The Jelly of the Month Club, right? <laughs> Some of you are going, I'm going home and watching that movie. Okay. Pray after you watch it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so he, he says, it's a gift that gives the whole year through. Now, why in the world do I talk about a, a movie that is not anywhere near a Christian-based movie? Do you know why? Because you've seen it. Don't lie. <laughs> you all have it. Some of you have multiple copies just in case they quit making the DVD. You have multiple copies. We might have that. Anyway, um, when he talks about the gift that keeps on giving the whole year through, every time that you see that or see that reference this year, this holiday season, I want you to think, you know what? It's a far greater gift that I have in me, and his name is Jesus. Why in the world do I concentrate on my giving and being thankful two months out of the year? This is what God has, God has called us to do. This is what He's called us to be. He's called us to be something. Wow. And see, here's the, here's, here's the crazy thing. We're edifying and glorifying God. And we get blessed for doing it. This is a win-win, right? Oh, so that, well, I've lost friends because I became a Christian. Good. Well, that's not very nice. I love, I love those people. Listen. Okay, but they see that they saw change in you. Pray for them that they see change in, in themselves. That they, got, they want to ask God to come into their life. So our giving should come from the love that God gives us. Why do you give financially? I love, I love this question. Why? Why? Because God told us to. Okay? He did. He did. Because Matt told him. <laughs> no. God did. Many times, by the way. But why do you give? How do you give? Listen, th- there, are, there are things that Connection does. We have a, we have a budget. We have lights. Uh, we have water. We have expenses from different ministries that we can provide an atmosphere for people that come in. Money is... It, it, it helps us do what we do. But why do you do it? Because you have to. Why do you give your time, or why are you so selfish with your time? Why don't you just give that up? Why do you give anything that you give? Our giving, individually. I'm not talking about you. You're not talking about me. But our internal look at our giving should reflect the love that God has for us coming out of our life. Period. Period. I, I put on Facebook yesterday. Some of you, some of you, and I just feel special. Or some of you will like my post. <sighs> this makes me feel good. Listen, I, I put that out for me and for someone to read yesterday. I said, someone gave me a gift this week. It didn't cost them a penny, but it cost them about 30 seconds of their time. Worth way more than a penny. And you know what they said? Matt, you were the best person. They told me. <clears throat> you're going to go back on Facebook, probably right now. I'm preaching. You're going to go back on Facebook, look at my wall, check out what was on there. Now, here's the deal. Do you know what the grand scheme of that entire post was? Somebody gave me a gift, and out of that gift, I gave more gifts. Do you know what they said to me? This is all that they said to me. Are you ready? I appreciate you. I love you very much. Is there anything I can pray for you about? That took five seconds. 
no idea what it did inside me. So, so I go from being the Eeyore that we talk about all the time, oh boy, God is so good, right? And we go along, and all of a sudden this person takes time, they put it into my life, they say, I appreciate you, I love you, I hope, is there anything that I can help you with? And, I, and you know what I go from? I go from Eeyore to like, Tigger. <laughs> I don't have a tail, wish I did, that'd be neat. Yeah. And so bouncing around, guess what, I go to the Hardee's. I go to a Hardee's and I immediately encounter someone. On my way there, I say, God, put some money in my life that I can bless or show love to today. I go up, and there's this elderly lady. I'm not good at guessing the ages. She's using the walker, has a hard time. She comes up to the door. And I, and I, I don't like do this when she's like 60 yards away and have her try to hustle. Okay? I just, I'm waiting. And she gets to the door and I open the door. And she looks at me and she goes, how old are you? I started reaching. I thought she was a cop. I started reaching for my wallet. And I said, what do, you, what do you mean? She goes, how old are you? So, 37. And she goes, huh. I didn't know young men your age knew how to open the door still. I said, I'm sorry about that, man. But if I ever see you at this restaurant again, I'll hold the door for you. She went from, what's your name, <laughs> to, she turned into my grandma. I only have one of a month, and this wasn't her. Okay, the other one's hanging out with Jesus. But she goes, she goes, and she ran in. And all of a sudden, she kind of went from this posture to, it's just kind of booking. Just get with it a little bit. Do you know what your words or your actions do? I could have walked out there, I could have been in my truck, started my truck, and halfway out the parking lot before this lady got to the door, I'm telling you. I said, no, God, God I want to help this lady. I want, so she doesn't have to mess with the door, she just walks straight in. I didn't know guys your age still did this. Shame on you. Shame on us. Shame on me for not doing it for more, okay? Listen, we should give out of that. Why should you give? Do you give? This is the excuse. I don't have very much. God never says, because you have this much, you have to give everything. Because you have this much, you don't have to give anything. Listen, God, God is not concerned with what you have. He's looking at your heart and how you give. Look at the widow and her two mites. We're going to talk about that later in the series. She gave absolutely everything to did. I'm going to have an illustration that day. You do not want to miss it. There's a precursor. Look at the next blank. Look at this. We're sowing. Spiritual word for giving. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Now, we don't like this. Because this goes for good things as well as bad. Now, let me show you in context how this is. If my dad, if she would have asked for my dad's phone number, I would have given it to her. Because we had this thing. If you've ever read Tim Tebow's book about uh, he, uh, he, if he got caught doing an act of kindness, uh, he would say, hey, uh, call my dad. And when, he, when the person would call his dad, he would give his dad, Tim Tebow's dad would give him a dollar. Because he said, I want, I want people to find my kids doing good things. And if she would ask for my dad's phone number, I would have given it to her. Yeah, this is good. This is good. And, and my dad would have answered the phone. He said, hello? And she would have said, how old are you? No, she would <laughs> She would have said, she said, your son held the door open for me. My dad, probably his, his, his demeanor, he was there, but that's what he's supposed to do. 
So I brought him up. She said, no, that, 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 that meant a lot to me. And my dad would have been filled with, with the pride. If you've, ever had, if you've ever had a kid, one of your children, your grandkids, do something out of the way for someone else, it makes you feel good. Man, teachers come to me and they say, hey, my daughter's doing really good. Yes. There's not very many times I just think, you know what? I'm actually doing something on this parenting level, right? Have you been there? Oh, they get it. They got it. On the other hand, kids are really good at repeating things, aren't they? You know where this is going. And usually, it, you know, you reap what you sow. Well, say you say something that you shouldn't in front of your kid. You know when it comes out? I'm getting ready to tell you. In the middle of Kroger. Doesn't it? Where'd you learn that? Now, there's a commercial in the, in the 90s, and it, it talks about, it talks about a drug abuse, and the kid's doing drugs, and he says, he says, I learned it by watching you, Dad. Listen, our kids learn so much from watching us. This goes for the bad things as well. We, we, good things, great. Bad things, hmm. I've been in Kroger, and you're looking, I'm, I'm a parent, okay? You've, you've, I have one of my kids in here, so she understands it. Maybe you have had that invisible remote that you want to find real quick that has the mute button for your child. <laughs> You're like, oh, I know what she's getting ready to say. <laughs> Listen, we reap what we sow. What do you sow? We can't be perfect. Not everything that we do is going to be good. You're not Jesus and neither am I. But what, what's the importance of this? I'm sure that we all have stories of our kids doing things that we may not be so proud of. When was the last time that you didn't focus on that and you focused on the one time where your, your son or daughter's teacher comes up and says, you know what, your son or daughter was playing on the swing set and somebody was playing over here and they were by themselves and they just got off their swing set, gave, gave the, the swing to, th- to another kid and they just went and sat by this other kid. Do you, that, that is a reward that you want to do. That's a giving mentality. That's a giving of a time. That's a, that's a young person understanding the benefits of giving their time away to someone else that's not feeling good. Because you and I, right now, listen, I've had, I've had people for my birthday or whatever, they give me a, a card and there's, there's, there's money in it. But I'm telling you right now, I've been sitting in hospitals with families and they've seen people walk in that they didn't know were going to be there or at a funeral and they didn't know they could make it and they walk in and you couldn't have written a check for $20,000 that meant more than that person just being there. Giving of your time. I know some people that drove six hours one way for a funeral this week and they drove back the same day. They were literally there for an hour and a half and they drove home. Why? Because they're givers. They're givers. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's get into this. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. In verse 1 he says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. Now they're getting ready to take up an offering to send to Jerusalem. Okay? One of the churches that are started there. In chapter two, or verse 2. For I know how eager you are to help, and I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you and Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. Now watch this. 
It was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers. They're getting ready to give a, a, an offering to the church. Paul's basically kind of going around to the first church association of churches. Okay. And he's, he's gathering offerings and he's going to help. They're going to help this church plant in Jerusalem. This is anti-Jesusville. This is where Jesus was killed, by the way. They're starting a church. This is also where Peter gets up on top of something in the square and he preaches in 3,000. Listen, this is a serious core group church plant. 3,000. Good. Hello. I mean, you got workers for coffee. You can run 18 services if you want. We got workers, right? Listen, the church in Macedonia will, will go on later in, in chapter 8. He talks about how well and how good of givers they were. All because of the enthusiasm. Do you know that giving is contagious? It is. It is. A friend of mine posted on Facebook. She lives in Missouri. It was her birthday the other day. She went and she went to get an iced coffee or something from McDonald's. And someone on her birthday had no idea who it was, paid for her iced coffee before her. And she goes, I was so blessed on my birthday to be blessed by someone and I paid for the car behind me. Doesn't matter. She didn't put a dollar amount. It doesn't matter. It's contagious. It's contagious. Have a nice day. I want to do it again. Right? I want to do it again. I want to help. Paul's, Paul's talking to this church. He says, he says, good job. Just based on your attitude, your attitude of giving is becoming infectious. Oh, God in heaven, would you please let us be stereotyped as a church like that? Please. <laughs> Let me, let me show you what this means. We have visitors connection to connection almost every week at one of the services. Almost every single week we have visitors. People would, number one, churches would love to have that problem. They would. Why? Because why do we have those people coming? Because we have people that give their time to clean the bathroom. Man, I walked in the bathroom this morning and do you know what I smelled? We have nothing but cleaning supplies. Have you been into a public restroom lately? I have. It wasn't so pleasant. <laughs> they give up their time. They give up their energy. It becomes infectious. We have people that come to our church. I want... If we studied the church in Acts, and we looked at the way that they gave, the way that they had worshipped, where they met, let's say they had church every day. Well, I don't have time for church two times a week. Listen to me. They had church every day. They didn't have Netflix. I get it. Do you know what God gave to that church? Because they were faithful in what they did. Do you know what God gave them? He didn't give them, he didn't give them visitors every week. Do you know what He gave them? He gave them people every day. Every day. Every single day. It was added to them every day. Every day. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'll be talking with, with the first impression people and say, uh, if we go to, listen, if, if our church was back then, if we're going to go to six services, uh, we're going to need some more workers. I'm like, okay, we'll see who comes in tomorrow. <laughs> really? I, it is my prayer for our church to be associated. You know what? Those people helped me out when I was down. We cannot possibly help everyone the same. We can't. But we help a lot of people. In many different ways, other than financial. Look at verse 3. So Paul says, okay, I'm talking to you. Now, check this out. I'm going to send some, some buddies with me. 
I'm sending these brothers to be sure you are ready. Now, what's he doing? He's holding them accountable for this offering that they're going to send. They're supposed to send. They promised it last year. So Paul sends three guys. Two of them are called followers. The other one's called Titus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spiritual sons going. So, so Paul sends Titus. So I'm sending these brothers to be sure you are really, really already, as I've been telling them, and that your money is all collected. Basically, he's calling them out. Listen, I know you promised this last year. Um, just making sure that you have it. Oh yeah, I'm sending Titus, because he was probably there. Do you have it? I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. Now, this is, we read this wrong sometimes. Man, Paul's a jerk. What if something happened? What if they didn't have the money? What if they... Blah, 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 blah. Listen, we would be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment, if some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't ready after all I had told them. The Macedonian church gave because they were excited about what this church was doing. That was their whole thing. Paul's holding them accountable. Look at verse 5. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. Second time! Do you have my money? promised it. Now, don't take this just straight out of context, straight legalistic. Please listen to this. Paul is raising money to help church plants. If they pledged money, he's just saying, hey, is it ready? I'm going to come and get it. Okay? He's not taking things away from He's not taking food out of their mouth. Um, what we're study about the church in Macedonia was how they gave what they gave and what situation of life that they actually lived in will amaze you. It will absolutely amaze you. Said because it goes all the way back to you can't outgive God. And whenever you give your gift out of what God wants you to do, listen, I'm going to be right here and honest with you financially. I have seen God make absolutely zero sense on paper. None. But then I've seen Him literally do something. <laughs> I have seen our grocery money go farther than it should. I have seen... I have seen unbelievable things. Unbelievable things when we give to God. But I want it to be a willing gift. There you go. This is the major point of this entire thing. Why do we give? Because God tells us to. It's our job. It's what we're supposed to do. What attitude do we have? I want to be willing. Paul's talking about this offering. He says, I want you to give it willingly. Not one given grudgingly. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow. Wow. Now, the sermon series is titled Cheerful, Cheerful Giver. And, and, and we lose this lack of excitement. Younger age, as we grow older, we seem to just... You ever seen, we, we've done it here, it's been a long time. You ever seen a group of adults sing Jesus Loves Me? It's like they're instantly all transformed back to the age of five or six or seven. And they're in Sunday school at the church Christmas play. Instantly. When they start singing those words, Jesus loves me, this I know. Some reason, for some reason, the church just stops singing, stops singing that after about age five or six. There is probably not a more doctrinally sound song in the entire history of the world dealing with Jesus. He is, when I'm weak, he's strong. 
Anybody use that this week? No, no one? I have. <laughs> okay, listen. But he says, I want you to give willingly. Why? Because God gave willingly. God loved, God gave willingly. He loved. You can't unwillingly give if you love. You cannot do it. And he says, and no grudges. Oh, Matt says to get my connection. He just wait till I get my wallet out. You ever seen a kid? When my girls were when my girls were younger, we used to give uh, our our now we do push pay online, but we used to give we used to give our kids the money that we put in the money box. You ever seen a kid give, give an offering? Do you know how that differs from your face? I'll do this. This is me. I'll just do me. Okay, I'm not gonna do any interpreting of anybody else. You'll get it out of your hand fast enough not to think about it again. Like, you know what? That'd be that'd be uh, that'd be a pretty cool whatever. That'd be a pretty cool man. I, you know, God, I, hmm. I'd really like to have that thing. Just forget it. Pretty sure. You take it out. You examine it again. You know, I'm pretty sure that amount would probably cover everything. You give that same check to a kid. <laughs> when did that go away? When did it go away? When did it go away to say? Standing at the counter at Hardy's. Listen, I don't say this to say, Whoa, wow, our pastor man is such a cool guy. This one has cost me $3.49. You ready? $3.49. I was up getting coffee. Shocker. At Hardee's. I was getting coffee. And I was having a great conversation with the lady that works there. And all of a sudden, she's taking this. She's doing like 17 things at one time. She's like, she's talking to the thing. She's taking orders. She's like this. And she's not even looking at the screen. And she goes, that'll be 349. I'm like, seriously? You didn't even look at the screen? She goes, I've done a couple of them. I'm like, yep. Yeah. And I said, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, God has been so good to me that I got to get out of bed today. Let me pay for that person's meal and don't tell them who did it. You know what she did? She goes, oh, I love when this stuff happens. <laughs> it cost me $3.49. She goes to the window. I, I, get a, I get to the back of the restaurant as fast as I can. I don't want anybody to see. I don't care. And some of you need to stop saying, well, God says to give and not tell anyone. I'm telling you that I would never ask you to do something that I wouldn't do. So I'm telling you I've already done it so you can now. <laughs> so I get to the back of the restaurant. <laughs> the back of the restaurant and I'm like... <laughs> I'm the only one in there with a cool beard. She's going to know who it is, right? So, so anyway, I, 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 paid for the, I paid for this lady's meal. And, I, and she said, hey, do you want the receipt? I said, no, I don't want the receipt. She goes, do you, want me to, do you want me to tell her who it is? I go, no. That's not the point of this. So I'm back there. When I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in my back office, my, my back office at Hardy's. I'm sitting there like this, and I'm, I'm watching the drive through window. This lady... Goes through the drive-thru, and you be in the restaurant, and she goes through like this. 
And she's looking intently. And all of a sudden I see the window. And I'm going, why? And then she almost got ready to put the window up. And do you know what she did? She smiled from ear to ear. It cost $3.49 to brighten someone's day. I have no idea. It didn't matter to me if she pulled up in an Omni. Some of you don't even know what an Omni is. Only car I've ever driven that you can do a full, complete donut in the middle of a gravel road without reverse. Okay. They're about this big. Um, Omni, or she came through with an Escalade. I didn't care less. Could care less. She came through in a very nice SUV, dressed very nicely. And she went, she was looking in there trying to find who did that. And I was just sitting there kind of hiding. And I saw her just light up. I have no idea how her day has been. But it gives me hope that maybe I helped that one time. And lady, if you're listening online, just don't tell me that you heard this. <laughs> I forgot to cover that base. Anyway, my, my point is this. Don't give grudgingly. I didn't say, oh, gosh. Is it, if, you, if you go through a restaurant, okay, and you're wanting to do something like this, and you say, okay, I'm going to give, maybe you're going to give $5, maybe you can give 10 Listen, just because the order behind you is $28.50 at McDonald's, that's a lot of food, okay? It's okay, you can still help them. It's okay. You can, would you rather pay 18 or would you rather pay 28 I don't care who you are. Sometimes I'd rather pay 14 I get it. I get it. I get it. Now look. We have to remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. We live in, we live in Disneyland of corn. We do. Now watch this. A farmer to get a full ear of corn. Do you know how many seeds he plants? One. One. <laughs> and that one, now some of you, some of you know agriculture, you go, well, on the end rows underneath the tree where the tree sets all the way. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about one in the middle of the field that you can't get to, okay? And it gets plenty of sunlight and plenty of moisture. That one seed grows up into a huge, big, fat stalk. It grows into a big, fat ear of corn. And usually when there's big, fat ears of corn everywhere, the prices go down for the farmer. It's supply and demand. But one seed grows in the And so he's saying here, he said, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. If you go out, and, and my uncle does a lot of the, the seedling starts already, but if you go out and you planted a garden with just seeds, and you put out two seeds, if they grow, right, if they grow into maturity, you have two tomato plants that you plant tomato seeds, right? Two. And they can give off numerous tomatoes. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. If you want a big garden, you plant a big garden, right? Are we not the same way with God? God, when's the last time that you, when, when, you personally, when's the last time that you prayed a scary prayer that's only God's size? When's the last time that you approached God and said, wow? When's the last time that you said, I am, I cannot wait to give? Right here on stage, right here. You can ask him. Right here. I looked at our bass player and I said, Jake, I'm so excited. 
Because I understand there's people that are wanting to go to the next level. Listen, it can be people in their 20s, 19, 18, or it can be people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s. Until you don't have breath, you're still doing something, can do something for God. He says, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Look at the next blank on your worship handout. Look at this. You will reap more than you sow every time. Now what? Yes! I'm not going to get into investments. I'm not going to get into the stock market. I'm not going to get into anything like this, but watch this. The church in Corinth pledged to give an offering just out of their excitement and spurred someone else on. There have been people in this church that have given gifts to other people that in turn turned those people to give other gifts. And there's not a stop if we, unless we let it. You'll always reap more. And some, some, some people are like, whatever. Did you know that you have to take this into the right context? But did you know in Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, that God even says, you give me what's mine and test me that I'm not good. Test me. When's the last time you heard a desperate beggar say, test me? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Why? Because God can take an offering given with a pure heart and He can do things that you have no clue about. Unreal things. Look at verse 7. He goes on. But here you go. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Here's where we get into the diversity of people. Anybody that says, well, I can't give much. Or I don't want to give. Watch. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Not everybody gives the same. Everybody sacrifices the same. I copied that straight out of my business. And he copied it off somebody else. It wasn't his idea. He says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Not everybody gives the same numerically, but you sacrifice the same. Do you know what a church would look like today if everybody did that? I have a clue. It would be exploding at the seams. Okay, he goes, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. As some of you are going to go, see, Matt's pressuring me. Don't have to give. False. False. Take that up with God. Okay? Listen. He's talking about people getting pressured. Well, you have more. Listen, they lived in little bitty, little bitty communities here. They'd be, they'd be, well, I gave this. What do you get? You ever, you ever chipped in on a tip? You always have that one person that kind of is real slow. For some reason, the button on their, on their back pocket just doesn't open very fast. And they're like, oh, well. You know, you guys got it okay. Right? Listen, don't give it begrudgingly. Listen, for God loves the person who gives cheerfully. I'm telling you, this will blow your mind. You see, or you come in with a child that you come in with, and it, or you can find another, another kid and say, hey, will you take this and put it in that box? Make sure they put it in the box. <laughs> Some kids are going to go, Mom, I got three checks. No. No. <laughs> it's a sweet business venture. No. No. But you watch. You watch the delight in kids. And they have to do it so perfectly. We get it right here and there. Can't go in her <laughs> And they go, boom! They go back to their parents or their grandparents or whoever they came in with. Listen, God says, I want you to give 
cheerfully. Look at it. And God will generously provide all you need. You know what? I can tell you something from my own personal experience. And some of this is going to be in this series. Some stories from our lives financially. That I want to show you. Because it's just how good God is. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Mary and I have been through Dave Ramsey. I've told you stories about what God has done with, with our money, how, we, how we've been able to get out of debt from student loans and a whole bunch of other things. Listen, do you know what we've been able to do much, much more than just stay out of debt? We've been able to give to other people. So it was a goal when we got married. Man, I wanna, we want to help people. Now, some of you are going, well, you haven't helped me. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty over to share with others. Do you know that that is absolute solidness? When God says, test me in Malachi chapter 3, do you realize that anybody that appropriately gives to what God requires, do you realize that I have never had less than I need? Never. Never. Many of us have never had that. Some of us may have. But he goes on in verse 9. Look at this. As the scriptures say, they share freely. This is the type of, this is the type of environment they lived in. They share freely. This is talking about the community or the church. They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. We still talk about the offerings that the Macedonian church gave in the New Testament in 2017. They were literally the first global mission giving church. Why? How? They were helping to sponsor Paul go on his adventures, his missionary trips. So we think, well, I'll give the lot. Lottie Moon comes up in Christmas. Man, I love Lottie Moon. Never met her. <laughs> She's been there for a while. <laughs> just, just a bad joke. Anyway. But she but she did, she 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 went to the ends of the earth, foreign missions. She had a desire. A guy named Adoniram Johnson is what I've studied in, in seminary. He goes to, he gives his entire life to a country. He learns the language. He translates the Bible from English to their language. He's in prison for many years. He still doesn't, he's in, he's in prison and starts to lead the people to Christ. This is why we give. This is why they gave it. This is the same thing. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, He will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Just because you have a lot of crops doesn't mean, doesn't mean that they have to all be in your bin. Just because you have an abundance of crops doesn't mean that it has to be in your bin. And I'm not just talking money. And I'm not just talking beans and corn. Man, some of you say, some of you have came. Man, you, man you're, you're awesome behind the scenes people and you would get so mad if I ever said what you did, so I won't. But you, I've had people come to me and say, hey, since I retired or since I retired, I work less hours or since I retired, I don't work in this and this and this. If there's anything that you need me to do, just call me. Do you know what that means to me? Literally. I could literally say, hey, I need you to come out looking at a spring on a door. Fine. Tell me when. <laughs> Do you know how awesome this is? Do you have a neighbor that always has sugar when you need sugar? I remember going to my neighbors. Mary Lee was her name. 
North Second Street now. And Mom would go, go to, go to Mary. She always has sugar. So I go over to Mary, do you have a cup of sugar? And mom, yeah, what do you mean? Did she go, what do you mean? I said, uh, trouble for Cuddy. She goes, oh. And now watch, out of her kindness, what would we do? We'd take her some cookies. We could only take a couple. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we were tithing. So you still have that mentality on tithing. Look at verse 11. Look at I'm throwing stuff. Verse 11, look at this. Yes. You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Your, their, their offering, what Paul's saying, their offering is going to help other people. And because they've already said that they would, they've already initiated excitement about this. He says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met. And they will, be, they will joyfully express their thanks to God. They'll put the thanks back where it needs to be. Look at verse 13. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. If you underline your Bible, I want you to do this. This is not anything prideful or arrogant. I just want to show you this. As a result of your ministry, other people can give glory to God. You realize that by your giving, other people can give glory to God. Their needs can be met. They can see how and why you gave out of the love that God has given you. We, we try, we, we are not perfect at all. But we try to instill in our kids... If they, get, if they get some new toys, we say, hey, what are some ones that you don't play with that we can donate for somebody else? And they'll do it. I don't play with this anymore. We try to teach them that. God, God wants us to learn that. Verse 14, and they will pray for you. Hello. Your ministry will help other people find and give glory to God, yet... It says, it says, for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient in the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. We give because God loves us. Our actions, or the, the love, our salvation should compel us to action. And then we love people and we give to people. As a result of that, these people understand, wow, this God has made a big time deal in this person's life. And then they give it to you, or they give it to other people. It's contagious. But look what he says, these people. Too often today we say, hey, I'll pray for you. Literally, there's a lot of people in our church right now that are hurting. Lots. Infections, surgeries. Waiting on stuff to happen. Just a lot of pain and a lot of stuff. And I pray for a lot of people. Because if they ask me and I say that I will and I don't, that's a sin. So I do. Right then, so I don't forget. But it says, listen, and they will pray for you. These people did not have the luxuries of life that you and I have. They were very much bottom level people just because that they believed in Christ. They, they were not people of outstanding awesomeness. They were people. Some of them paid for their faith with their life. I want people to pray for me if I'm in this situation. I want people to pray for me every day. 
But look at 15. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. Paul is literally talking to them. He says, the, the money that you give us is going to directly affect a lot of people. You know that every time that anybody from Connection puts in a quarter, nickel, dime, dollar, five dollar, twenty dollar check or whatever into touch someone's life gift, that that money literally goes immediately, 100% of it, immediately goes when it's given to impact someone's life. Do you know how special that is? It's a gift too wonderful for words. Why? Because... I know for a fact that we've had a couple people come to this church. It's not about church advertisement. It's not. We don't say anything about it unless they ask. But we had, we've had some people ask, hey, what church gives away money? That's a good question, right? I, you know, there's probably one or two. And they've come. They have. And they saw, they said, man, this is just so... So neat that you do this. You met my needs. And as a result of that, you have no idea. As a result of some of those people, we've even heard back from them. I was so blown away by your gift that I helped someone when I could. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's not one that you want to hear. By the way, giving. This whole giving thing. It doesn't go along with the world's vocabulary. The world says take. Give all you can. Just look at the salad bars and restaurants and the crackers. Find people's purses loaded with them. <laughs> the world says take. The world says take, 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 get all you can. You know what God said? God says give. Give your life. Give your finances what I require of that. Open the doors of your home. Open the doors at Hardee's. Do some kind things for people behind the scenes. Do you know how, if you've ever if you've ever done this and you ever blessed someone and you didn't let them know, you know what I'm talking about because you leave that gift in their mailbox or you do something for them and and you don't ever tell them who did it. You know how you walk away from that, don't you? You know how you walk away? <laughs> You're like the little kid that put the offering in the box. Man, God, can we get back there as a church? So I'm not saying that we're far away. I'm saying that should be a focus, an inward focus to a church that's expounding into our community. It should be a church that gives. Community lovers. There's going to be two in the next two months. If you have never been involved with November turkey giveaways or December giveaways at Community Lovings, you need to get involved. Okay? I'm going to have those bakes put on Facebook. It has to be a shh sh- thing. I'll tell you where we're meeting. That's all I'm telling. Okay? All I'm telling is some of you are like, hey, I'm going to stock up for turkeys. You're saying, right? No. He says, thank God for this gift. Two wonderful words from words. Look at your last one on your, on your worship hand now. Look at this. I knew it was going to go back to the wallet. I'm not talking about your wallet at all. I'm not talking about your money at all. I'll tell you a couple things about money. Number one, you can't can't put all of your trust in it. It can let you down. Number two, it can go away. But listen to this. What can you give? We all have something we can give. I've heard words of encouragement this week. 
I've seen people that were that bless people. Do you have money? Do you have time? How about this? You take another couple out for a double date, and you just hang out. You get together with another family or a person that has children in our church and you just fellowship and let the kids go crazy, right? Control, crazy. <laughs> Pattern, okay? So, but this, can you help somebody with the skill that you have? Carpentry, plumbing, whatever. These are all, they're all here. Can you clean? Oh, no. I knew this was coming. I knew it. I mean, can I give? What can I clean? I got married. One of the first couple weeks that, that I got, that I was married. Mary comes home. She goes in the bathroom. She opens the door like there's a like a live raccoon in there. And she comes out and she says, "What happened to the bathroom?" I'm going. This isn't good. And I said, "Oh, I cleaned it." Next words out of my mouth. Should I clean the bathroom? Really? I said, yeah, doesn't it smell like I did? There's borax and bleach and stuff. Watch that. I said, my parents taught me at a very early age how to clean a bathroom. I was just helping you out. One of my wife's, one of my wife's love languages is acts of kindness. And I know that about her because that's my job. She's my wife. So I do things for her like that. That's how I give her. That's how I give to her. I want her to feel special because she is. What can you give? How can you give to your mate? How can you give to your church? How can you give to your neighbor? Can you serve? God's called us to be different. He didn't call us to be like the world. He says that we're peculiar. We're set apart. We're different. What can you give? May God see us as a group of believers that just infectiously gives out of God's love that He's given us. Let's pray. God, we thank You so much for this day. Thank You, God, for the group of people that You've assembled here at Connection, the 9 o'clock service, 11 o'clock service, people listen online. I'm so thankful, God, that there's people that want to see I pray that if there's any areas that we're struggling as far as this giving thing and being negligent, God, that we, me included, God, that we, that you show us through your Holy Spirit that we can, we can better our community around us, that we can better the lives of people that are in our life by showing them your love because you love and you gave. And that's what we should do. In your name we pray.